Shalom, shalom. Welcome to another episode of God's Little Hummingbird, the podcast where we are reading through the Bible from the beginning to the end using the original language as a guide. Today we are in Joshua, or Yehoshua, chapter 18. We are reading from the New King James Version Bible, and I want to remind you the word Yehoshua, Joshua, in Hebrew, has the root word, the same root word as our Messiah's name, Yeshua, and it also means our salvation or salvation of Yahweh, Yah. Isn't that beautiful? Okay, you probably remembered, but just in case you didn't, now you do. Okay, let's begin. Now the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of meeting there. I will point out here that word meeting is the word moed, moedim. And remember we talked about all the festivals of Yahweh in Leviticus 23 and elsewhere, but they're detailed very specifically in Leviticus 23. Remember that is, the, 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 for the word for feast, the, it's called a moedim, an appointment. Interesting, huh? So this is the tabernacle of appointments. It's where what? Where we meet with Yahweh. That is why it is so imperative to keep the seven moedim of Yahweh that he established forever. Because he had appointments with his people us at those times. And every year we are to have a meeting and appointment with him to remember what he's done and what he will do. Verse um, verse 2, but there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. Then Joshua said to the children of Israel, how long will you neglect to go and possess the land which Yahweh Elohim of your fathers has given you? So it does seem like there was some form of neglect going on, like perhaps they weren't being diligent, which, I mean, I can see that. If you look around in the body, and I don't mean to put people down, I see a lot, a lot, a lot, (laughs) a lot of neglect. Um, I think people are just kind of lazy, spiritually and physically. I think it's easier to not delve in and know God yourself, but to rather look for people on YouTube or look for people you can pay to tell you what to believe. But to invest and grow that personal relationship with Yahweh takes a lot of effort and it's so worth it. So why don't you make sure you're not one of the seven tribes, so to speak, that haven't yet possessed your land, possessed your inheritance. Let's get there and help each other just to all grow and rise up to become the people Yahweh has created us to be and to know our Savior in his fullness. Okay, pick. Um, so we're going to verse four. Pick out from among you three men for each tribe, and I will send them. They shall rise and go through the land, survey it according to their inheritance, and come back to me. And they shall divide it into seven parts. Judah shall remain in their territory on the south, and the house of Joseph shall remain in their territory on the north. Now that is prophetic again. I say this every time, but I'm trying to help you notice. These eventually become the two houses of Israel. Ephraim, Joseph, rules the north, and Judah, the Jews, rule the south. When the kingdom divides under King Rehoboam, which was Solomon's son. Verse 6, you shall therefore survey the land in seven parts and bring the survey here to me that I may cast lots for you here before Yahweh our Elohim. But the Levites have no part among you for the priesthood of Yahweh is their inheritance. That's beautiful. But so then some of you again, if you're new to the podcast, because I know every week I have new people and if you jump in now, some of the things that you may ask is, well, what do you mean? How does Levi have no inheritance, yet we're still dividing the land into 12 portions total? Remember, the tribe of Joseph 
gets the double portion, the firstborn right inheritance, and he had two portions, one for his son Ephraim and one for his son Manasseh. And therefore we have 13 divisions of the sons, actually, but Levi gets no portion of land. Okay. And Gad, Reuben, and half the tribe of Manasseh have received their inheritance beyond the Jordan on the east, which Moses, the servant of Yahweh, gave them. Then the men arose to go away, and Joshua charged those who went to survey the land, saying, Go, walk through the land, survey it, and come back to me, that I may cast lots for you here between Yah- before Yahweh and Shiloh. So the men went, passed through the land, and wrote the survey in a book in seven parts by cities. And they came to Joshua at the camp of Shiloh. I need to stop here and point out one thing. So this is before the dispersion of the 10 northern tribes of Israel. Notice they were writing in a book. Notice Moses was, um, they were reading the Torah. They already had a written language. There is a very horrible false teaching out there, which I guess all false teach, all teachings that are contrary to the truth are horrible. But there's a teaching that says the, I guess it's particularly found among, I don't know, certain certain um, messianics, but mostly, I think, the uh, Mormons. But they say that the ten tribes of Israel are the Indians, the Native Americans in the land of America. That's not true. Now, did, did the white people, did the Ephraimites breed with him? Absolutely. But here's my proof. When they discovered the Native Americans, the Native Americans had no form. They were, they were Stone Age people. They were Stone Age people. And the Israelites at this point in history, as you see right here, they were already writing. And the Indians weren't doing written language. They weren't doing things like that. I mean, they had cuneiform, and, or not cuneiform, but their hieroglyphics and their pictograms or whatever they do. But if you look at it, they already had the wheel also. So if you think about the carts and the things in the temple service that we talked about in Exodus and Leviticus, I, I guess at that point it was the tabernacle service. All of those things disprove quite easily that the Native Americans were the 10 tribes that were dispersed because it doesn't even work because no way would they have digressed so far from the truth, especially when you look at records all through the European nations from the 730 BC time when they got scattered to now. You can find many Hebrew words throughout the um like the Irish language has 730 or 733 exact Hebrew words. The, the Behestin rock talks about the sons of Issachar, Isaac coming on the scene. The, the, the Germans were called the Germani. They, they link back to Isaac's sons. So the point being, can the Native Americans be saved? Absolutely, right? But they were not the 10 dis- descendants of Joseph. They were the, not the 10 tribes of Israel. They have been the seed of Abraham, the sperm of Abraham, Zerah, has come to America, the Americas, and every nation has been blessed, including the Native Americans. They have gotten the opportunity now to hear the truth and come join to the kingdom of Elohim. But I just wanted to dispel that myth because I do hear sometimes people say that, but when they found the Native Americans, they were quite primitive people, and the Israelites were quite advanced, even from this time. And so before the dispersion. So I just want to point that out. That's just one way you can help share with people who are holding fast to that um, lie. Okay, let's keep reading if I can. um, Yeah, I would like to be better at keeping track of my place. (laughs) Um, Yeah, okay. I'm just going to read it again, verse 9. So the men went 
passed through the land and wrote the survey in a book in seven parts by cities. And they came to Joshua at the camp in Shiloh. Then Joshua cast lots for them in Shiloh before Yahweh. And there Joshua divided the land to the children of Israel according to their divisions. Now, I do have to confess one thing. I really don't know what the lots looked like other than if it was perhaps the Urim and the Thummim. I don't know. I really don't know. If any of you have had insight into that, I literally have never looked at it. So um, I really just... I really don't know. Um, the, also, the word Shiloh, Shiloh, it, it, yeah, Shiloh in Hebrew, but it, it means place of rest. I want to point that out, that out. And I think there we're pretty caught up on any of the things that might be significant. Well, there's probably always things that are significant. But anyway, verse 11. Now the lot of the tribe of the children of Benjamin came up according to their families, and the territory of their lot came out between the children of Judah and the children of Joseph. Their border on the north side began at the Jordan, and the border went up to the side of Jericho on the north and went through up through the mountains westward. It ended at the wilderness of Bethaven. The border went over from there toward Luz to the side of Luz, which is Bethel, southward, and the border descended to Adaroth Adar, near the hill that lies on the south side of lower Bethharon. So Benjamin was between them. And interesting, because Benjamin was the son of his mother after... Um, Jacob and his mother believed that Joseph was dead because the brothers had sold him into slavery. And um, Benjamin means son of my right hand. And also Benjamin ended up joining to this, when you talk about Jews, like remember Paul was a Benjamite? The Jews, Benjamin and Levi, Judah, Benjamin and Levi joined together to form the Jews. So there are just some interesting side notes there. Then the border extended around the west side to the south from the hill that lies before Beth Haron southward, and it ended in Kirjath Baal, which is Kirjath Jerim, a city of the children of Judah. This was the west side. The south side began at the end of Kirjath Jerim, and the border extended on the west and went out to the spring of the waters of Nethoah. Then the border came down to the end of the mountain that lies before the valley of the Son of Hinnon, which is in the valley of Raphaim on the north, descended to the valley of Hinnon to the side of the Jebusite city on the south and descended to Enrogel. And it went around from the north, went out to En Shemesh, Shemesh is the word sun, and extended toward Geliloth. I'm sure all these words I should probably be pointing out all their meanings, but sometimes I think that that would make for a very hard podcast. But every place probably does have its significance. It may have been named after certain situations like if it was a sunny place or if something, a battle had happened there or if that person had settled there first. But this, that, we're not covering that history right now. Verse 17. And it went around from the north, went out to Enshemesh and extended toward Geliloth, which is before the ascent of Adumim, and ascended to the stone of Bohan, the son of Reuben. Then it passed along toward the north side of Arabah and went down to Arabah. And the border passed along to the north side of Beth Hogla. Then the border ended at the North Bay at the Salt Sea, at the South Sea of the Jordan. This was the southern boundary. Now, if I remember right, um, well, I think they're talking, I don't know right here if the Salt Sea, I'm not looking at my map. Um, the Dead Sea would most likely be the Salt Sea because it's very, very salty. <laughs> but if I'm incorrect, Please go look for yourself at this one because I'm actually not looking. Um, because I don't think they would call the Mediterranean the Salt Sea, but I'm also not looking at a map currently, which 
I know, shame on me because I'm telling you to look at a map, but I've already looked at this map a million times, so uh, I'm not doing it right now. Verse 20, the Jordan was its border on the east side. This was the inheritance of the children of Benjamin according to its boundaries all around, according to their families. Now the cities of the tribe of the children of Benjamin according to their families were Jericho, Beth-Hoglah, Emek-Kaziz, Beth-Harabah, Zemarayim, Bethel, Avim, Para, Ofra, Be'eroth, Mizpah, Kefira, no, I'm sorry, Kefira, Moza, Rekim, Irpel, Ta'ala, Zela, Eleth, Jebus, which is Jerusalem, Gibeath, and Kirjath, 14 cities with their villages. This was the inheritance of the children of Benjamin according to their families. Now, <laughs> That was, those are very good names to practice just simply phonetic grammatical reading with your children in English. Because, of course, Hebraically, they don't sound anything like what I said. But <laughs> I was an English teacher, and many of you know that. And it's really good to get your children to use the phonemic principles you teach them with phonics reading those cities. <laughs> Other than that, it also makes for a really good like um, map skills lesson. So those of you who homeschool, find a, a blank map, which is what I did. I ordered some blank Israel maps, and then we would plot these cities. Well, my son would plot these cities on the little map. So if you're a homeschooling mother, um, mother or father or grandparent, or just want an activity to do with your children on Sabbath even, to make um, some of these lessons come alive, those are some fun things you can do because I'm a firm believer in helping this become a reality to them and showing them this is not a story, this is not fiction, this was real. So that's just a good idea, and I don't know why that popped in my head, but it must be for somebody listening. I love you all so much. Have a super blessed day.